Hey everyone, this is I Believe in You, a dummy's guide to knowledge. My name is Karen, and I'm a model, mental health coach, and public speaker who is here to have fun and feel a little less dumb. I am joined by my co-host, Patrick. Greetings, Earthlings. My human name... No! What? (laughs) (laughs) My human name is Patrick, and there exist two universe possibilities. Either that we are alone in this universe, or we are not. Both are equally terrifying, but only one leads to a vast increase in McDonald's locations due to space travel. <laughs> no! <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> I hate... I Listen, space is my biggest fear. I hate everything space, so the moment... That you wanted to do this episode. Oh, I, I was cringing. Love space. Space is like my bread <laughs> and butter. Aerospace, uh, flight space, everything. Like airspace is as far as uh, pilotage goes. Drone airspace is all of it. Mm. Pilot's license down to drone's no. licenses. The only thing I'm waiting for is my driver's license for the NASA space shuttle. Baby, I'm waiting for Stop. that. Stop. I could it. skate through space blindfolded. I know this place like the back of no. my hand. No, yes. No. I would have I would have to be so heavily medicated to go into space. But see, space. that's the great thing about space travel. It kind of already feels like you're getting heavily medicated with zero G. Yes. No, and think about it. If you were to get a zero G McDonald's burger, I don't know. Like, usually when I eat McDonald's, I always feel like a huge set of indigestion. So I am not sure <laughs> if that means that my indigestion would be better or worse. Money goes to worse. I, I don't know. <laughs> just, just go on, go on, Patrick. I can't, I can't so, even. I, I hate space. I hate it. No, I love it. It's, uh, it's so. In fact, okay. When I was, uh, as, oh God, I think thirteen, fourteen. I was in middle school okay. at the time. I don't remember my exact age, but I was able to go. To the one place every kid always wanted to go to, especially if you were like a kid that watched Nickelodeon Guts or something like that. Like, you're going to space camp, and I went to space camp. Do, 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 do. I, space I camp. got to go to space camp when I was a kid. And this is the story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down, and my dreams were crushed <laughs> by a space camp counselor. <laughs> what? <laughs> Okay, now now I'm interested. No, oh, I'm, I'm <laughs> just, so happy that my like middle school despair, trauma. yeah, my trauma is your I wanna, joy. I want to hear your space trauma. <laughs> I want to hear it. So when I was a lot younger in middle school years, um, I got to go to space camp. You know, I was I, I got that for Christmas. Uh, that was my big big trip. Um, for like the that five years or something. Like that was the biggest present I think I've ever gotten in that in that regard but went there i got the blue jumpsuit with the patches on it and my own like space pod bunk and it was this really cool thing see people meet people i'd never met before which honestly really kind of scared the living crap out of me because as a middle schooler i was very antisocial and i could not tolerate other people at the time you know like middle schoolers do and my biggest dream in the world was to be an astronaut now, don't let that conf- don't let the fact that I had horrible motion sickness confuse you at all. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. For my age, I was taller, 
I was a bit chunkier. No, I won't lie about that. I filled out them jeans a little more than I should have. You you filled out that space I did. Suit. <laughs> I really did fill out that jumpsuit. Um, and I wore glasses. So when I actually got to space camp and we were talking with all of the counselors, and I don't know if this was like some like 22-year-old jerk bag who was like, nah, I hate my job, I hate life, gonna ruin this kid or something like that. So... I get there and they're like, what do you want to do? It's like, I, I, some people are like, I want to be a pilot. I want to be this. I want to do aerospace engineer. I just want to do this space camp because it's fun. When they got to me, I want to be an astronaut. And they're like, but you wear glasses. And I'm looking at like, okay, is that a problem? Oh no. Well, yeah, you can't wear glasses and be an astronaut. And I'm like, <laughs> what do you mean? Why would why would they? I say don't know. That? I don't like. Okay, I am. I work in an education profession. I have been a camp counselor. I've done all this. In no time have I ever had the urge to completely demolish a kid's dream. Because here's the thing: <laughs> nowadays they actually prefer you wear glasses versus versus having LASIK, because LASIK counts as a damaged cornea. And I'm not saying that the change in air pressures. Uh, especially with G-forces and things like that, could cause your eyes to pop. But, you know, that's not necessarily a thing that couldn't happen. So, screw me. <laughs> I, 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 I hate, I hate, not only do I hate space, but I also had LASIK. So <laughs> just like, ripping me apart here. So space travel might not be for you, but that's okay. No. So, yeah, like, so... NASA, don't at me. <laughs> I need SpaceX to at me. Um... So I get there, they ask what I want to be, I tell them what I want to be, I want to be an astronaut, and they're like, oh, but you can't, you wear glasses. And also, like, you know, it's just not going to happen. I'm like, oh, God. And so that was, like, halfway through space camp. I still had a lot of fun. Um, I still bought, like, a few bit of, like, trinkets and stuff to help remember my time, and then lost them on the plane ride home. I don't know if it was... Like I had this like zero G fountain pen or something like that, that I was super, I was super excited to give my parents. Um, I don't know if that bag got lost in transit or if I just never put it back on. I don't know. It was the first time I'd ever flown alone, but then let's, we fast forward a little bit and I'm, th and the standards or I hear that the standards are updated for me to be a pilot that I can wear glasses. And I'm like, great. This is awesome. Fantastic. You're actually like what, like like eighteen, nineteen. Every day you check, you you keep checking, like well, how I, policies. I change. hear, yeah, every day it's me checking on Wikipedia, like <laughs> can I be a pilot if I have glasses? <laughs> and so uh, I finally get told that no, that's actually a load of crap. You can wear glasses. In fact, they're preferred. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, they prefer twenty twenty, but then <laughs> I get the. I get the message, yeah, no, you can be a pilot and wear glasses. I'm like, okay, well, let me be a pilot. And then I'm told, oh, well, actually, you're a little too fat. And I'm like, those were their actual words, too. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll just work on losing the weight. And so I did that. I run, I exercise, I diet. And then I get told, oh, well, actually, now you're too tall. I'm like, what? What are you talking about, too tall? <laughs> so then I go along the idea that... um the whole like thing is just a wash, but then everything turns into a brighter tomorrow when I'm told that all of that's a lie and I could finally go and I've been working on becoming a pilot ever since. 
That's so touching. Because I want to get to that twin jet. I want to get to that twin jet 2000 hour um, certification and then work on getting behind that space launch system. So, like, <laughs> I feel like my fears about space are what probably, like, appeals to you. <laughs> like, I, I just, apparently, like, in space, it's completely silent. Yes. Like, there's, it's just, like, nothing. Well, it's not nothing. Like, there is... But it's silent. So... It's too, yeah, okay, yes. Yes and no. Sound can travel through space if it has some particles to go through. Space is not a 100% perfect vacuum. It's like a 99.9999 blah, blah, blah. So if there is a loud enough sound, you could hear a muffle of something. Let's say, I don't know, Mars explodes. You could probably hear it just very very muffled a couple episodes ago we were talking about money and like having money and spending it quickly how come you didn't mention going to space because those spacesuits apparently cost 12 grand and i'm assuming that's american dollars yeah but they look cool though (laughs) (laughs) it's gucci though (laughs) i got my new versace space suit <laughs> exactly but like you know obviously we know space is expensive um, oh very so is this something that you've been saving up for i have been saving up for oh i think about four years now to get all of my licensing and everything taken care of that and i'm actually going to be going to school for it later on but that says nothing to the actual money that goes in to space travel and space research and things like that. And the the biggest problem that actually comes up with it is just the cost of like the cost it takes or how much money it takes to launch an actual object into space. Can you guess how much money it takes to launch a pound of well, let's say anything like a pound because it doesn't really matter. A pound is a pound, <laughs> feathers, pound. Yeah. Um, how much money do you think it costs to take put a pound of payload into low Earth orbit? There are three main places: low Earth orbit, high Earth orbit, and then space. Forty-two point eight million dollars. Not quite that much. That would be absurd. <laughs> uh, Seven hundred thousand. It's about $10,000 per pound. Oh. Which, I mean, granted, compared... That would be pretty expensive. the numbers that, you know, like, <laughs> you've been saying, that's not that much. Like, when people say, like, oh, you'll never guess. Four million. Okay, well, now that's going to sound, make what I say sound a lot more limited. <laughs> this, is a, this is a negotiation tactic that I use with my husband. Oh, like... <laughs> completely over exceed whatever expectation he might have so that he's like okay well fine yeah exactly (laughs) well you always thought it was gonna be this (laughs) exactly but i mean like you know i'm sure that there's i would think i think that there's lots of places to probably cut some cash too like there was a tiktok that was going around for the longest time about how nasa gave a female astronaut like 
I don't know, 800 tampons to go into space or something what? ridiculous for a week? Yeah. And the whole joke was like, you have some of the brightest minds and scientists that work for NASA, and they don't understand the, like, biology of a woman. <laughs> this, this, uh, there's a whole TikTok. It's like a song. It's like, 100 tampons. Oh, I could hear that in Rent. <laughs> Is legit. I, so you know, cut down the tampons. I want, I want sure. a remake of Rent where instead of five hundred twenty-five thousand six hundred minutes, it's just one hundred. You heard me, one hundred. Yeah. That's right, one hundred tampons. <laughs> Sky, Sky, can we check on the number of tampons that the NASA scientists provided this astronaut, please? I need this to know. Is, this is a fact I don't check. Be, I don't, I don't want people in the comments. You know, listen, we're checking on it. So, <laughs> um, when yes, it comes on. to the actual like money in space, I know like at the very beginning of space travel, like back in the 1960s, 1980s, uh, it was about a hundred thousand to eighty-five thousand dollars per kilogram. Now, with the advent of the Falcon Nine and the Falcon Heavy, it's like a, it's like less than a thousand dollars at this point on average. Um, but the goal, I know NASA has stated their goal for 2040, is they want to spend tens of dollars per kilogram. Essentially, mm. a beefy McDonald's drive through order. <laughs> oh, I'm craving McDonald's. This is not an ad. This is not <laughs> sponsored. This is not it's sponsored. It's not, but hey, okay, so, if you, McDonald's, if you're so listening. So we have um, a, a ride was deployed to space with Four crew members in June of 1983 on the Space Shuttle Challenger. It was during this launch that NASA recommended sending 100 tampons with an astronaut for their week-long journey, and they weren't joking. Oh. So just, like, for, for oh, reference. Oh, no. 100, I mean, it, you know, everyone's different, but you, you, you don't go through 100 tampons in a, in a week. <laughs> but... That actually happened, so it's just funny. It's just hilarious. So, with I know you have a, a great fear of space, but one of the best things that you can do to conquer your fear is exposure therapy. So, what if you, <laughs> so Karen, what if you could stay in a hotel in space? No, yes, I wouldn't. I would. There'd be so many people would come and take me. You'd never see me again. How, I'd be who, off another galaxy. Who would come? Who would I, come and take you from a space hotel? I'm wanted in like seven different galaxies. <laughs> okay, well clearly not this one because so far you're safe and like the edge of Earth's <laughs> orbit is not its own galaxy. You could go to Mars I, and still be <laughs> in our galaxy. Listen, I'm very familiar with exposure therapy and I just... Sp <laughs> space is just one of those things like in this house... You know that you can't say a couple words because they're triggering to me. One of them is alien. Okay, well then I will not use the term alien. But what about this foreign concept? There is a space hotel called Orion Span. They're currently working on uh, setting up what they're going to call the first space hotel. And it's kind of like the International Space Station that is modular. They can keep sending materials up and it kind of keeps hooking to new ones. And so they'll have an expandable space hotel. And, oh, it's super exclusive. And at the moment, their plan can only host uh, six people, and their entire stay is 12 days. 12 days 
surrounded by the most inhospitable environment humanity has ever known in a capsule hurling, technically falling around the Earth. Because if you think about it, orbit is just a constant fall. So you're falling around the Earth at, uh, let me double check here, low Earth orbit. Actually, they might be high Earth orbit. No, they'd be low Earth orbit. Speed in miles per hour. Okay, so Karen, do you like drop towers? No, I have vertigo. Do you like, uh, (laughs) that's going to make this next question very challenging. Do you like fast cars? Oh, yeah. Put me in a fast car. How about a car that can move 17,000 miles per hour? Yeah, like, I love, listen, I'm an adrenaline junkie. (laughs) Well, there you go. This hotel, this hotel would solve your adrenaline junkie. No, just not in space. You could complete an orbit in 90 minutes. If the world was ending, which it will, and we will, yes, we will have to contaminate another planet in this universe, I'm just going to say, no, I'm going to hang back. Thanks. Well, there's two things that'll help prevent that from happening. One of which is kind of a jokey one, that uh, a stay on the Orion span for 12 days is currently costing almost $10 million per person. But wait, 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 hold on. Wait. I get it. 10 million. For sure. Got it. But... Are there any benefits to this vacation spot? Like, what does space do for you? Like, you know, because I could get on board if it would, like, cure my mental illness, right? So, technically, you would be taller because of the low gravity or the lower gravity. Like, when you wake up, you know... uh, you know that when you wake up, you are physically taller. And as you walk around through the day, you actually shrink just a little bit um, due to, you know, laying flat and then your spine stretching out. Not in like a painful way. It just naturally does that. So in space, you are actually a little bit taller. Yeah, I don't need to be taller. My, my winter jacket already doesn't fit me. Well, you would... It's really not... It's <laughs> only like, uh, according to, I think, NASA, it's only like three or five percent of your total height is how much you grow so it's not a whole lot i know but but you know everyone listening you just better know that you're paying 10 million dollars to stay in a in a space hotel in zero in very um, low gravity for 12 for listen for 12 days where you can't have sex that is not necessarily right. true you could yes, you could have the NASA. most wild sex imaginable no no nasa NASA frowns upon space. That's not NASA. This is Orion. <laughs> <laughs> you can make a zero-G baby. Or be safe about it and not make a zero-G baby. Well, pregnancy in space is forbidden. NASA doesn't... You can't give birth NASA only makes the rules for their organization. But <laughs> I work for NASA. <laughs> <laughs> so there's one other thing that could stop all of these zero-G babies from happening. If it, it okay. so, this might make NASA happy, but it also makes them sad, and that's something called the Kessler effect. And this is actually something that I worry about on a daily basis. Okay. The, in in our history uh, of space travel, ever since we started the space race back in like the night, uh, I believe it technically started back in the nineteen fifties when we started actually sending stuff up into space. Then the space race was in the 1960s. And then it just exploded from there. Ever since then, our, our low earth orbit and high earth orbit and surrounding space has been accumulating more and more trash. Okay. Like 
it's like space trash. Yeah. Or closer to Earth, like um. Well, I mean, there's trash. So everywhere. when a satellite, all right, let's take an example of a satellite. It's orbiting around the planet, um, at you know, very fast speeds. It's falling around constantly. And they use these magnetic gyros to help keep them stabilized and things like that. And then eventually they slow down to the point that they hit the atmosphere and they just kind of burn up. And that's how most of the trash trash is solved. It burns up in our upper atmosphere and then just kind of ablates away. Mm -hmm. That's how it's usually solved. But sometimes that's not how it's solved. So if something hits that satellite, this object is traveling at you know i don't know what mock that would be but if you think about almost twenty thousand miles per hour anything hitting anything at that point is going to turn into this dust cloud of shrapnel and so what happens is when something hits this satellite it explodes into more shrapnel causing a bigger cascading effect that could be even worse and so I think according to the uh, European Space Agency, <clears throat> let me get my reading glasses on here. The number of rocket launches since the start of the Space Age in 1957 is just over 6,000, which is excluding all the failures. That's a lot of rockets to think about, though. Uh, just over 6,000 rockets. Can you guess how many satellites have... Uh, how? many satellites have been placed into earth orbit i don't know but i just hate humans i love them they're some of my favorite species i'm just polluting so much. well we do that tell me tell me there's about ten thousand satellites that have been placed into earth orbit but only about six thousand of them are still in space and of those six thousand only about three thousand five hundred of them are still working wow y'all so, there are roughly 2,500 or so, 2,600 or so uh, dead decommissioned satellites just kind of hurling around the planet, but that's not all. There's also debris objects that are tracked by space surveillance networks, and there's about 28,000 of those just hurling around. And then a number of uh, explosions or collisions. Uh, there's over 550 that happen, I think, annually. I, I don't, I'm not sure on that one. Um, but here's the fun one. Of all of the space objects in Earth, it equates to about 92 or 9,200 tons. Tons. Yeah. That's a lot of crap. Well, yeah. I, I mean, when you think... Like, I bet you that if you were to see a satellite in person, it would, be, like, be a lot different than what you imagine it in your head. Well, it depends. Because you know, some are, like, as big as vans and some are small as bread loaves. Yeah. And so, out of all of this, like, um, there are 34,000 objects greater than 10 centimeters. There are 900,000 objects that are that are from 1 centimeter to 10 centimeters. 128 million objects that are one millimeter to one centimeter. And you got to think, one millimeter traveling at almost 20,000 miles per hour, that's still going to break some stuff. And so <laughs> this is the thing that I want to put all of our listeners out for. I want to 
recruit all of our listeners, everyone. If you have a, if you have headphones and you're listening to this podcast, if you're listening to this through Telegram, if someone is giving you a very graphic audio rendition of this by way of a uh, Star Trek, uh, oh shoot, what's his name? Uh, bah, bah, Captain Kirk, what's his name? <laughs> oh no, I'm a bad nerd. What's his name? I'm a bad. You're a bad American too for using millimeters and centimeters. Hey, I'm a space person. I have to use. I have to use it. Who is Captain Kirk? <laughs> oh my God! What's the actor's name? Sean. Con- the actor's name Sky. Not Sean Connery. Quick, quick, Sky, quick. Shatner. Shatner. William Shatner. <laughs> if someone is giving you a William Shatner rendition of, and then he talked about space weirdly enthusiastically. So if they're giving you that, I don't care who you are. If you can think of a way to solve the space debris problem from as simply as tracking the space debris in our orbit to getting getting it out of our orbit, the UK Space Agency wants you. They want to hear from anyone with unique and smart ideas about how to track all of this debris and get rid of it, and they're willing to give out one million pounds in grant money. I'm, I'm dying and just how long it took you <laughs> like Joel please keep that in like I'm, like I'm laughing at I'm laughing at Sky. she's like Kirk Spock Shatner <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm just dying laughing because you were like so upset with yourself I am oh I'm very disappointed oh, in myself oh for that I will not lie <laughs> I oh my I word. will more, re- more regularly remember Pat Benatar's name before I remember William Shatner's <laughs> name <laughs> Okay, but yes, I want to I wanna also hear from our listeners. Would you go into space? Yes. Would you do it? Would you, Whether it's on a spaceship or to stay at the hotel or do you want to be an astronaut? Like, I want to know what your thoughts are on space. More importantly, I want to know if any of you out there also. I would, I would happily be a ter- space janitor. Terrified. I'll go up and clean the space debris. Just give me a big mop. Oh my god, a space janitor cleaning up the debris in the space. Whenever you put space in front of any job title, I feel it gets immediately cooler. What are you? I'm a tr- I'm a truck driver. Oh, okay. I'm a space truck driver. No way. What do you do? Damn it, that's true. <laughs> what do you do? I sample ketchup packets. Oh, okay. Well, what do you do? I sample space ketchup packets. No way! <laughs> I ride the the space magic school bus in space I'm a school bus driver <laughs> i'm a space school bus driver i feel like that's the closest thing we would get to an actual magic school bus well even come on you're missing t- like even even space pilot is pretty cool those are called astronauts no 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 no, no listen listen because because i i thought of that i thought of that before saying it but listen to me astronaut is like they do their thing but a space pilot, like when we go to these other planets, we're going to need little commercial planes mm. and everything to bring us from city to city. Okay, no, I see what you're going for. Well, on the bright side, for yeah. that, with the newest, uh, with the newest rover that landed on Mars, they're actually testing out a space helicopter now, and so its rotors spin insanely fast. I think a normal helicopter spins like 450 RPM, but the space helicopter spins like uh, like 2600 RPM or something like that, more like a drone propeller so this will be the first time a helicopter has been tested off of the planet surface what are, what are the top three things you would miss from earth being in space gravity uh, <laughs> no would you miss gravity no, though probably not what would i miss i would miss communication times and i don't think that's something people necessarily think about 
we know our internet. I love my fiber optic internet. You know, I can think of something and then it's up on my Google page. Google page. Yeah, like, is there like even Wi-Fi? In there space? is now, thanks to the new high-speed antenna on the Martian drone that just landed. Um, I wish I could remember its exact name. Ingenuity. Um, nope, that's the helicopter. Persistence. I think it's persistence. Uh, Thanks to the high-speed antenna, they actually have two megabit internet on Mars. Getting ready. It's funny how Wi-Fi is the first thing that they think of. No one's going to come if there's not Wi-Fi. Of course Quick, not. It up. They could open up a coffee shop on Mars, and the first thing someone's going to ask, what's the Wi-Fi password? <laughs> Earth. <laughs> it's Earth123. <laughs> yeah. Well, everyone, thank you so much for joining us on this space adventure. Um, be sure to... Check out our previous episodes and tune in next week as we talk about actually a really funny water story. I have Instagram and Patreon and Etsy store and all kinds of things. Be sure to check out www.beacons.ai slash Karen Ender for all the links to all of the stuffs. Thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, I guess I'll say it as well. Thank again. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode. Um, I do believe in you, and this is a dummy's guide to knowledge because I'm part of it, and I'm a dummy, and I'm helping you with your knowledge. But it unfortunately you seems that <laughs> it unfortunately seems that all of my socials have been spaghettified by the black hole that is Wikipedia random articles. So instead of looking for me, how about you go instead check out Pat Benatar's Instagram? Um, hers is far more interesting than mine, and that's a Patrick <laughs> Truth guarantee. I don't know how I got into making sound effects to the show. It's that good but. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next Bye. week. Bye.